Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660, 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. My right knee goes under and behind your left knee. My right foot comes up, and I plant my heel into the hip of your leg joint. My right arm goes under your calf, between your calf and your ankle. And your toes are trapped in my armpit. I bring my arms together. Bring my hands up to my chest. Flare my elbows. Put a little bit of a slight lean into my posture. And I've created the straight ankle lock. The entanglement of my leg going behind and around your leg is known as an ashigarami. Loosely translated, it means leg entanglement. And it is the basis of several very exotic leg locks. It starts, it's the beginning position for a heel hook. It's the beginning position for an inverted heel hook. It sets up the entry into the uh, DOA, the honey hole, the honey stick, or the 50-50 leg entanglement. On this particular occasion, as a newly minted blue belt, I was just learning the straight ankle lock. As the years have gone by and I've progressed a little bit past blue belt, I can do this straight ankle lock now with just one hand, sliding my hand underneath your calf, letting it come to rest on my belly, pinning my elbow and pinning your ankle with my elbow while your toes are in my armpit. I lean the opposite direction, get up on my shoulder and just start looking at the wall and you'll tap. In those days, however, we were doing the straight ankle lock using both of our hands and something like a gable grip and bringing our hands up very, very high. I had just learned this technique at a seminar taught by Chris Herzog. Chris is the owner and head instructor at 10th Planet Rochester. Uh, He is also versed in judo and sambo. But on this particular occasion, he was teaching 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. And I had attended a, a weekend seminar. I left that seminar and went to speak at a seminar of my own, although this was a youth retreat I was speaking at and not a martial arts workshop. I walked into one of the cabins at Doublehead Resort to meet Andy White and his youth group. I sat down in the loosely formed circle, and someone said, Mr. Lonnie, what have you been doing? I said, I've been to a leg lock seminar. Somebody said, well, what do you do at a leg lock seminar? I said, you learn leg locks. Somebody said, well, how do they work? And I described the technique of the straight ankle lock. The young man sitting immediately to my left put his leg in my lap and said, well, good luck with that. Uh, 
and sitting across my thighs was a gray metal bar attached to this young man's knee that ended in a false foot. In one of the tornadoes, this young man had been blown from his home, had been discovered in a swamp by a dad and his son, was carried out to the road and rode in the back of a a vehicle with an emergency room nurse who just happened to be passing by, and they saved this young man's life. He's got an artificial leg from the knee down, and it looks to me like it's made out of a gray titanium. And it's sitting in my lap, and he's challenging me to do a leg lock on him. So we went outside, and I loosely set up the ashigarami, ran my right arm underneath the bar, grabbed the bar with my left hand, and then put my right hand on top of my wrist. Kind of the same kind of grip you used to do when you did the old pack saddle carry or uh, setting up what what I would call a Kimura grip. I leaned back into this young man's leg and grimaced and flexed my muscles, and somebody took our picture. I immediately sent the picture to Chris Herzog and said, hey, your leg lock doesn't work. My phone instantly vibrated with a single text message, your grip is wrong. There's a lot wrong with my jiu-jitsu. There was stuff wrong with my jiu-jitsu when I was a blue belt. There's stuff wrong with my jiu-jitsu now. I can't even elaborate on the number of things I need to work on to perfect my technique. But at that moment in time, the biggest problem I had in making this leg lock work was not my grip. The biggest problem I had was I had wrapped my arms and my legs around a one-inch piece of titanium metal that I could not have bent with my pickup truck, let alone with the radial bone of my forearm. Your grip is wrong. How many times do we overlook the very obvious thing that is wrong and focus on some minor detail? How many times do we ascend to the pinnacle of our soapboxes and decide this is going to be the thing we challenge someone on. This is going to be the thing that we talk about. It's almost comical that somebody can hear you speak for 45 minutes and the letter that you'll get, the nasty email you'll get, the the challenge you'll get on Facebook is that one thing that they took out of context or just didn't like that you said. Your grip is wrong. Of all the things that were wrong with that leg lock, my grip was a minor part of it because it wasn't ever going to be a successful leg lock because you cannot bend titanium. What are you focusing on? When you start thinking about your relationship, and and I mean your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your job, your relationship in your neighborhood, your relationship with your church. You, you really do get to choose what you focus on. John Gottman, one of my very favorite authors, says that when you look at the story of you, you tell the story of your relationships, and you really come looking at it from two different distinct perspectives. You can look at celebrations or regret. 
You can look at affection or resentment. You can look at the positive or you can focus on the negative. You can talk about all the times that you've experienced harmony or you can hyper-remember all the times that that you've experienced chaos. You can talk about satisfactions or you can talk about disappointments. You can tell the story of your relationship with others and you can talk about us or you can only focus on what it meant to you and you can have a self or a selfish perspective. You see, when it comes time to fix the problem in a relationship, it's so very easy to focus on the the minor things, the regret, the resentment, the negativity, the chaos, the disappointment, and, and being selfish. When you only focus on the bad in a relationship, that backdrop or that green screen negates all the positive things that you really could celebrate. You see, when you only focus on what's negative, we call that negative sentiment override. And the negative sentiment override colors the story of you. Because no matter what happens, no matter what is said, no matter what the experience is, the negative sentiment override overrides everything else. The young lady on the news is standing in a studio and behind her on the wall can be the hurricane. It can be a satellite view of the hurricane. It can be a ground level view of the wind blowing and the rain driving. She can be in a tropical paradise or she can be in a snowstorm. And all the while she's just standing in the studio. That That's the effect of a green screen. She's standing in a warm, dry studio, but the backdrop of her story is this projected image. When we focus on the minor things that are regretful or resentful or disappointing, when we get wrapped up in ourselves and we let the backdrop of our story be our disappointments and our resentments and our regrets and the negativity, what we've done is we've green screened ourselves and we've painted our story with the church or our story with the job or our story with our spouse as having no good elements. The problem with focusing on these little details, these things that bother us, these things that to us are, are obviously wrong, like my grip. The problem with that is that it's very easy to ignore the glaringly inflexible, hard, rigid, unbending thing that is actually the problem in our relationship. It's actually the problem in the dynamic of how we tell the story of us. And when we're unbending or unforgiving, then it doesn't really matter what kind of grip you have on the thing. All you'll ever see is the regret, the resentment, the negativity, the chaos, the disappointment. And you'll convince yourself that there's a big problem. And we major in minors And we fail to see that there's a much larger problem 
than this little bitty thing that we focused on. Negative sentiment override. It's not about not telling the truth. Yeah, imperfect people behave imperfectly. And let's just explore that a minute. I'm an imperfect person. I married an imperfect person. We gave birth to a person, and when she got old enough, she became an imperfect person. I live in a neighborhood of imperfect people. I go to church with imperfect people. I work with imperfect people, and I'm self-employed. Why do we lose our minds when imperfect people occasionally act imperfect? And then we focus on that one little imperfection. And all the time ignore the real problem. And we're quick to text. We're quick to say. We're quick to point out. Hey, your grip is wrong. There are 32 miles of cave passages in Cumberland Cavern. 333 feet underground is the Volcano Room. The Volcano Room is the site for the youth rally known as Erupt. It's an underground youth rally. It's an annual event. It takes place in October. The next Erupt is scheduled for October of 2021. Erupt is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. If you'd like more information, you may contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or check out their website for more information. Three W's and a dot. Eruptyouthrally.com. www.eruptyouthrally.com.